Live with CDP, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast, live on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, and on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Now here's your host, Chris Pame. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Live with CDP uh, podcast, uh, Taggers edition, today on this uh, Thursday, April 7th, uh, 2022. I'm looking forward to my guest today, his second appearance, Mike uh, Kaycott uh, from CKLW 800 in Windsor, Ontario. Uh, Mike's a huge sports fan like I am. It loves all the Detroit teams. I do too, except for the Detroit Lions, but uh Anyways, there is hope for the Lions in the future, but uh, I'm really looking forward to speaking to Mike. Really good guy, and uh, last night I had uh, Manny on, too, from Windsor, so uh, made a lot of nice connections with the guys from Windsor, and uh, look forward to talking to Mike today about uh, the Detroit Tigers uh, 2022 season, and uh, if he's going to the home opener tomorrow and, and as, as well. So and, and the Windsor Spitfires take on the Gold Storm tonight, and then tomorrow night at the Sleeman Stars, so it's kind of a Windsor weekend for me. So if you guys could bear with me, and I'm going to bring on uh, Mr. Mike uh, Kaycott from uh, CKLW 800 in Windsor. And we're going to talk some Tigers baseball with him today. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Good, Chris. What's going on in Guelph uh, this afternoon? Not much. Just trying to catch up on my sleep. Um, I haven't had much sleep the last couple of days. My neighbors are having renovations and they were doing oh, them early no. in the morning. So, yes. Yeah, so, unfortunately, I couldn't do nothing about it. So, I'm, I'm going to, after I'm done with you today, I'm going to hopefully try to get a couple hours sleeping. There you go. That a man. You got to get the sleep. If you're, you know, you're a busy man between work and doing all the stuff you do with the podcast and uh, the, uh, the Guelph Storm and all that. So, you know, hardworking yeah. man. That's all right. That's all good. Yes, and I'm now with the uh, National Basketball League of Canada as a media affiliate. So after the games I watch on their uh, online streaming service, I uh, interview the coaches and the players after as well to get more experience. Oh, nice. Very nice. Good stuff. Yes. Thanks. And I've also been doing live interviews. Uh, I was at a wrestling card a couple weeks ago in Cambridge, and one of the wrestlers came on, and I did a live interview with them. And then uh, the Toronto Rock game on Saturday, first time. If you've never been to a lacrosse game, I would recommend it. A lot of fun, great atmosphere. My friend uh, works for TSM, Pat Ray Gore, so I got to interview him after the game as well to get more experience with interviewing. Oh, good stuff. You're all over it, man. You're all, you're everywhere. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you find the time, but you do, so that's great. Well, thank you, and uh, I always look forward to doing the podcasting, and I'm still working hard on my goal into getting into radio, and hopefully I get, I'll get my opportunity one day. You'll do it, man. You keep doing it. Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, you know you, you have a passion for it, right? That's the uh, that's the main thing. Definitely, and uh, like I said, uh, I'm just trying to keep improving and learning all the time. So, uh, are you going? To, hey, I was going to ask you, Mike. Are you going to the game tomorrow at Comerica Park? No, I took the day off from uh, okay. the morning show at AM 800, but too much, too much drama, too many crowds, too many people, too much getting over the border, all that border. stuff for me. I'm going to be sitting here on my couch in my tiger room here that I have watching the game tomorrow afternoon. So I'm looking forward to it though. I mean, it does feel like a holiday, right? Like when, when opening day happens in Detroit, it's like a big party. It feels like a holiday. Baseball is back. It kind of signals that the nice weather is coming. Sometimes the weather's good on opening day. Others, tomorrow is not going to be very nice. But it's still baseball. It's still opening day. It's still the Tigers. And there's actually, you know, a little bit of hope this year, too, which is different than the past maybe five, six seasons. Yes. Oh, by the way, my guest Manny uh, wanted me to say hi to you today. Manny Pave, a good guy. Yeah, I saw him on your uh, your broadcast yesterday. And Manny does a great job on our Spitfire broadcast with Steve Bell on AM800. Uh, you can listen to them doing the Spitz games uh on the radio station, online as well. You can stream the game. So, yeah, Manny's uh, a great broadcaster, good guy too. Yeah, and he loves the Tigers like we do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I got to like that. If you like the Tigers, uh, we're all yeah. in. That's why I know you know you're not a big Lions fan. That's why I wear my Lions hoodie for you today. 
But uh, you know what? I think the Lions, I'm going to say this, I think they're in the right direction. I think they finally got a little bit of stability, but I, I'm still not sold on Goff as a long-term answer as their quarterback. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's going to you know, hold the, the fort this year, it looks like, and they, they might get somebody in the draft that they think they like. Uh, Maybe with that thirtieth pick, they got the two picks in the uh, in the first round from the Stafford trade. I don't think they're going to go quarterback number two, but maybe at that thirty, maybe in the second round, they'll like somebody that'll sit the bench behind him for you know another year, and then we'll we'll see what happens. But I mean, I think I don't think he's that bad. Everybody thinks he's horrible, but the guy's been to a Super Bowl with the Rams and. You know he's a he's a, at least serviceable. If you put some people around him, I think I think he's okay. Well, and and, and you know what, Mike, I tend to agree with you too. Because look at Matt Stafford; he didn't have many pieces in Detroit to work with other than Megatron. You put him in with a team like the Rams with all the weapons they had, and look how good he was. So you know what, if the Lions can get him a receiver or two, another tight end, and some kind of consistent running game, that would take a lot of pressure off of Goff. Well, I think so, you know, and they, and they got a few weapons, uh, you know, around them now, if they can add to that, the offensive line is, is the strength of the team. So, you know, you got that going for, uh, for the lions. And if you build uh, on those two lines and, you know, it looks like they might get with that second pick overall, uh, you know, a defensive lineman, whether it's, um, Hutchinson or, or someone else, you know, it, it looks like that's, that's the strategy anyway, and hopefully it works. And, you know, hopefully we get some decent football next year, you know, like maybe a 500 team and then build up from there. I mean, we'll see. We'll see if Dan Campbell's the coach and if he's the guy that leads them into uh, at least respectability because it's been a while for that too. It's been, it's been a bad few years for Detroit sports. Well, like I said, I think the worst of it's coming to an end. I do think the Red Wings are on the right path. Steve's still got work to do with the Red Wings. The Pistons – they they're improving. Uh, they're still they're in a work in progress. But you got Hope and Cade Cunningham with the Red Wings. You got Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond. So there is hope in Detroit for all the sports teams. Well, it can't get much worse. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, the Pistons are going to have another high draft pick to go with um, with 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 with. Um, why can't I think of his name? Cade uh... Cunningham. Cunningham. I was going to call him Campbell. I had okay. Dan Campbell on my brain. But, you know, you go with him, uh, you add another high pick. Sadiq Bey is a pretty good player, it looks like. And then you go from there. And then, you know, Steve Eiserman, you got to tr- put your trust in Stevie. I know it's taken a few years here, but I think you're going to get a coaching change at the end of the year with the Red Wings and maybe bring oh, yes. in a guy that Stevie wants more. I mean, I think the writing's on the wall for Blasio right now. And then. You know, you start building it up, and it could be where it's like we go from all four teams being awful to all four teams being in contention. I mean, with with the with, with the Pistons and with the Red Wings and with the Tigers, I kind of believe you know they're on their way at least to getting back in the playoffs. The Lions, I will never believe it until I see it because they're the Lions. Well, they need to get over that. They need to move on from it. It's like with the Buffalo Bills, too. I, I um, Buffalo's had a history of uh, losing, and obviously they lost a, another game to Kansas City, but I really think a team like the Buffalo Bills this year, based on their talent, should get to the Super Bowl this year, uh, finally. And I was going to say, Josh Allen was a good quarterback uh, when he, they drafted him, but he didn't become great until they surrounded him with the weapons, and that's huge. And and what you said there about the Lions, it all starts with the O-line and D-line. And I personally think they're going to take Hutchinson, not just because he's a Wolverine, but I think they're going to take him for the defense. Well, I would think so. If he's there at number two, if Jacksonville doesn't uh, scoop him up first, you're, you're next on the board. So I, I would think uh, all indications that he – he might be the guy, and uh, yeah, your Buffalo Bills, man, they got screwed by that overtime rule in in the playoffs. They're going to change things around a little bit because of that game. Definitely, and uh, like I said, I'm a, I'm an Eagles fan like Manny, but the Eagles really haven't done a lot in the off season. Oh, I thought you were a little... Bills guy. I thought you were a no, Buffalo Bills guy. You're Eagles technic- guy. Technically, I should be a Bills guy because mm. I get a lot of a lot of my guests come on from Buffalo. My two favorite markets are really Buffalo and Windsor. A lot of them, <laughs> a lot of my guys come from the Buffalo media market and from Windsor. And and like I said, I get to know these guys, and it's like it's hard to root against their teams when you when you have them on as guests. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's why Windsor, Detroit, is is such a unique and great area because we are so tied into. 
um, to the Detroit teams. And a lot of people might, you know, if they're watching other parts of Canada, other parts of Ontario, find that shocking that, okay, why aren't you a Blue Jay fan, a Maple Leaf fan, whatever. But it's like we grew up going to these games because you just cross the bridge and, you know, growing up or wherever you are in Windsor-Essex, you're not that far from Detroit. You go over and once you're over over the bridge or through the tunnel, you're you're five minutes from Comerica Park or now Ford Field. I mean, Lions, when they played at the Silverdome, that, that used to be a bit of a hike, but now it's a lot better for Canadian fans to, uh, to be able to get to Ford Field, a lot shorter drive, Joe Lewis Arena for years, and now Little Caesars Arena, you know, and even the Pistons now are closer because they're at LCA, right? So all, all the teams are like, you know, within a short, short distance of Windsor, so it makes it nice. Well, and even living in Guelph, it's only a three and a half hour drive to Windsor. And then depending on the border traffic, I can be in Detroit in just over four hours. So it's not really that unreasonable to do a, a day drive there. Yeah. Have you been to uh, many games here? Yeah. Comerica Park. Yes. Little Caesars Arena. Uh, I've been to, I've been to all the sporting arenas in Detroit, including the Silverdome, too. So uh, but that Little Caesars Arena, I have to say, is most impressive. Comerica Park, I like it, but I still miss the old Tiger Stadium. I do, too. Yeah, there was a charm and and a history to it that you can't match yet anyway. With uh, with what we have at Comerica Park and uh, yeah, Tiger Stadium was uh, was a special place. If uh, if you grew up or if you went to games there when you were younger, there was just um, I don't know just a just a feel to it. And I was at the final game there at Tiger Stadium with my dad, and was it was pretty pretty great experience. Awesome. And one of my first major league baseball games was August 1982 with my late dad. He took me to see, uh, I have cousins in Taylor, Michigan, and he took us to see the Texas Rangers and Frank Tanana take on Jack Morse and the Tigers on a hot, humid Saturday night at Tiger Stadium. And I was like, as a 10-year-old kid, I was like, wow, I love the best, this. Right? The smell of the grass, the hot dogs, the history of the stadium. And, and, that's, and my cousins in Taylor, Michigan got me hooked on the Detroit sports teams, except for the Lions. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, they did you. They did you a favor there, uh, not not having to root for the Lions. But yeah, I mean, you are so influenced when you're a kid of who your your teams are going to be going forward, mm-hmm. right? We were talking about this on uh, on the morning drive on AM eight hundred, the morning show I do with Lisa Williams every weekday morning. We were talking about this. Uh, I don't know if it was today or or the day before that. Yeah, like what you grow up as, and whether it's geography or whether now you know because it's so easy now, and has been for the last I don't know ten some years that you know if, if there's like a good team and they're not even in your area. You can become a fan of that team because everything's on TV. You can see every game, every market, every sport. So, like, if, if for some reason, I don't know, like 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 a team like um, I don't know, the Calgary Flames are are, are doing really well, and yeah. you know, you live in the Red Wing country and Maple Leaf country. Those teams aren't doing as well, and some reason you start watching Flames games when you're a ten year old kid. That is going to be your team. Mm-hmm. I agree with what you just said there, Mike, but I was lucky growing up because if it wasn't a Toronto team, I was able to listen to the Detroit teams on WJR. I used to listen to Bruce Martin and Sid Abel on the radio, uh, Ernie and Paul on WJR. So I was lucky because I didn't have uh, the Tiger TV broadcast in Guelph back then or Oakville where I lived. But I, I could always pick up their games on WJR, and that was a big deal listening to Ernie and Paul call the Tiger games on the radio. Yeah, and uh, that's how a lot of us, you know, grew up because, yeah, like even here, uh, you know, there would be uh, several games a year on, on Channel 4 with George Cal, Al Kaline, mm-hmm. and that was like an event. Oh, my God, there's like, you know, I don't know how many there would have been, maybe 30 games yeah, back on then. TV a year, and then maybe a, a few Saturday afternoon games with Vin Scully, Joe Garagiola, and that was awesome yep. when they were on that. You didn't have Sunday night baseball and baseball packages and all that, and so it was radio, right? And, and yep. To me, baseball on radio is the best sport. Like it translates best onto radio than than the other sports do because it's so leisurely. And then you get guys like Vin Scully, Ernie Harwell, Paul Carey, you know, uh, whoever you know, describing the game for you and telling these stories between uh, between pitches. And you know, that's that's really when I fell in love with baseball, the Tigers, and radio 
was listening to Ernie and Paul growing up on uh, on WJR, and a lot of people did like yourself because the signal, 50,000-watt blowtorch, WJR, I mean, it was huge, and it went everywhere. And I'm lucky now with uh, satellite radio, I can listen to Merle Reese and Mike Quick, uh, the Philadelphia Eagle broadcasters. Oh, Mike me- Quick is one of the broadcasters? Yes. I remember yeah. him when he was a wide receiver for with Randall yeah. Cunningham and yeah. you know those great teams that they had, uh, Keith Jackson yeah. at tight end and... Yep. All Keith Byers, the running back, and you had Jerome Brown and Reggie White, the Minister of Defense. Those were some great teams they had back yeah. in the 90s. Yes, and unfortunately, they never won a Super Bowl or got to a Super Bowl with Randall Cunningham because he was uh, the pre-Michael Vick back then. He could run. He was athletic. He had he could throw the ball 90 yards like Josh Allen can, and it, just, it was just a shame they didn't have the right team in place uh, for him to succeed. But, yeah, Mike Quick does a great job with Merle Reese, and it's great because now with the satellite radio – any team you like, you can uh, listen to them on the radio or on TV as well. But as you say, Mike, I've always been a radio guy. Yeah. Uh, radio's where it's at, kids. Lots of jobs available. Come on out. Definitely. And I was going to say, one of my friends is with uh, your station right now, too, helping out, uh, Aaron Sanders. Aaron Sanders. I'm a big fan of Aaron Sanders, and I'm off tomorrow, but... Aaron is uh, going to be producing the program tomorrow, uh, and uh, I think on Monday as well, it, maybe or no, just Monday. The A Dog, the uh, he is the guy behind Rebord running the buttons and, and twisting the knobs on Monday. Aaron's a great guy. Absolutely, and uh, like I said, I'm going to have to come up and visit Windsor because uh, I've met so many nice people from there, and uh, he does a great job with the Windsor Express calling their games, and and I I really hope he's in uh, TV and radio soon because I think he has the personality for it. Yeah, he certainly does. He has the voice as well, the presentation, and yeah, I think think Aaron's going to be around a while in broadcasting. Definitely. So, anyways, I'm going to get to some tagger questions for you, Mike. Okay. that's okay. The first one I wanted to ask you is, what were your thoughts again on the last year's Tigers team that won seventy-seven games in the first year? Uh, the first year uh, manager uh, AJ Hinch did with the team, managing to win seventy-seven games with this team. Well, I think I was surprised that they did that well, and I think it showed you what kind of manager AJ Hinch is. And, and I think, you know, they say a lot of times managers don't make a big, big difference when it comes to how many wins, uh, you know, a team gets. It's more about managing personalities and managing the clubhouse and stuff like that. But AJ Hinch, I think, is the best manager in baseball. And you know, despite some of the controversy where he was involved with the Houston Astros and the uh, and the sign stealing controversy um you know the fact that it all worked out they got him they paid him and they got him in i think has been huge you saw the 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 kind of the um the poor start they got off to last year until about may 6 early may anyway they were horrible and then after that they were an over 500 team with not a lot of talent now i think they want aj to stick around they have upped the talent this year immensely they went out and signed a few guys they've signed a pitcher for the starting rotation they signed a new shortstop they went out and made a big trade even just a few days ago with Austin Meadows from Tampa Bay to add some pop to the lineup when Riley Green the the prized uh, center field prospect uh, went down is going to be out for looks like a couple months unfortunately so this team is 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 ready to try to contend well they this year I think I think they got a chance to be in the race yeah, I, when I was speaking to Manny last night, I said uh, last year they won 77. From what I saw online, they got the Tigers winning only 73 games. I think th- my prediction, and people can laugh at me, I think this team, if they stay healthy and they get good starting pitching and defense, I think they could win 85 games. Obviously, they're not going to win the division. I think Chicago's, the division's really Chicago's. But I really think the Tigers, if they can stay healthy and get good starting pitching, good bullpen and get some hitting I think the Tigers can win 85 games this year yeah I think that's realistic I mean you look at what they won last year with 77 with what they had unfortunately it's going to be that start again I think and we've seen this a lot around baseball so the Tigers aren't the only ones but they may be a hit the hardest so far is that the pitching had less time to get ready because of the lockout in spring a lot of guys uh, have gotten injured, and that bullpen right now, going into the season, going into the home opener tomorrow, 
it, it's it's a little shaky. I mean, you look at some of the guys, Cisnero, who you counted on big time last year as part of the back end of that bullpen, he's out for 60 days. You look at Funken, uh, Funkhauser, who was another guy that they relied on pretty big and kind of found something in last year. He's going to be out to start the season. So it's it's going to be a little bit of a, a dicey situation, I think, with that bullpen to, to start things off. If they can weather the beginning of the year with the pitching, and, and avoid any more injuries and, and, and kind of hope that Mize and Scooble and Manning in particular, the starters, make that next step up. Uh, you know, just weather the storm until that bullpen gets back together, and I think you're going to be okay, and I think they're going to score more runs this year too. Definitely, and uh, I was going to say, uh, before I get to my next question, Miguel Cabrera, 310 lifetime hitting batting average, 2,587 games. Uh, the big thing this year, he's at 2,987 hits. Do you think he'll get 3,000 in Detroit, or do you think it'll be on the road? And oh, well, who knows? I was hoping he'd get a uh, home run 500 at home, and uh, that happened at Rogers Center, That's right? Fair. And he kind of pressed for a while, it seems like, and then he got back on the road, and then maybe he took a little pressure off. But nice by Jays fans last year to give him a, a, a nice ovation for what he did and recognize that five home, 500 home runs is just uh, – it's crazy, and you wonder – if he would be going for 600 in the next year or two while his contract runs out, if he would have stayed healthy over the, uh, the last, um, you know, cause Miggy hasn't been healthy now for like five years. It, it's been a while, right? Since Miggy's been healthy, he's been kind of just doing this and those legs have given out, uh, 3000. I hope it happens at home since the, the home crowd missed out on 500. I, I don't know where it's going to be, but I hope it's going to be at home where he gets that 3,000 hit. What, was he 13 away? It shouldn't take yes. too long. Yes. should be in the first month. Yeah, he's 13 hits away from 3,000 and will be the first Tigers player to do this accomplishment since Al Kaline, September 1974 at the Baltimore Orioles. And that's where Al Kaline was from, Baltimore, Maryland. Yep, that's right. Yeah, and uh, Al Kaline, uh, Mr. Tiger, and uh, – you know, uh, Miggy's uh, obviously right up there. Will be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and we'll have a statue uh, near Al K Lines at Comerica Park uh, one one of these days. And and hopefully, you know, uh, Alan Trammell. It took him a while, and I think he's kind of the new Mister Tiger now that Al K Line has passed away. Yep. That I think you know, and Al K Line was always in uniform and always at spring training and always helping out with the team. And you know, Trammell's in the front office and he's in uniform at spring training. I think he's kind of taken over that role from Al K Line now. And I think um, you know, it, it took him a while to get into the Hall of Fame. Got in with the Veterans Committee a few years ago. Him and Jack Morris. And I hope Lou Whitaker is going to get in the same way somehow because he has been snubbed for what he was for his time, really a power-hitting second baseman with a great glove that I don't think is appreciated as much around Major League Baseball. Well, and he's seventh in war stats, even ahead of Alomar, Sandberg, and the guy, and Lou had a, a solid average of 278, I believe, over 2,000 games played at second base. I'm not sure the exact total. 2,369 hits, uh, 244 home runs, I believe, and 1,085 RBIs. And he had over 200 stolen bases, three gold gloves he won, 83, 84, 85 five-time All-Star, and he should have been the All-Star MVP in the 86 game against uh, uh, the National League at the Astrodome when he hit the game-winning two-run shot off of Dwight Gooden, who was a Cy Young winner back then, but they decided to give the award to Roger Clements. And to me, Lou Whitaker has always been slighted by the media. If he had played in New York, Boston, Chicago, he would have been in the Hall of Fame years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Just like Trammell, right? Trammell, yes, if he would have played in the, one of those other markets, he wouldn't have had to wait for the veteran committee. Lou and Tram were very quiet guys and went about their business and did it very well for a long time in Detroit. And, you know, it would have been one of those things where the, yeah, they would have been in maybe second, third ballot instead of having to wait uh, for Trammell and still waiting for Lou. Like, I mean, you, 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 you know, you told the stats there. I mean, for a second baseman for his era, there was nobody better in that time frame uh, than Lou Whitaker. He's right there. Like I can't believe, like everybody, oh Ryan Sandberg, Cubs first ballot, blah blah blah. Well, I'd take Lou Whitaker over Ryan Sandberg any day. I definitely and Lou's defense didn't get enough credit. He was a very solid, uh, good defensive second baseman as well, and that's yeah. why and him you know, and Trammell. Sorry. Yeah, and you know what the thing is with Lou. 
he was so smooth, so buttery smooth. It didn't look like he was trying that hard because he was so good and so just natural about what he did, the way he turned the double play or went to his left, went to his right, and he came up a third baseman, so he had a really strong arm for a second baseman. Well, yeah, and him and Tram grew up together and played double-A ball in Evansville together. So yeah, that's right. When you, when you say one name, you say the other. And to me, they both should have been in the Hall of Fame in the same year, and they both should have been retired the same year at Comerica Park. I, but at least the Taggers, I'm giving them credit. They fixed the uh, the situation. It's just poor Lou. He was supposed to go in in 2020 at Comerica and then the COVID and then last year. So hopefully this year there's no more uh, delays with him getting his name on the Wall of Fame. Let's hope so. I got my uh, Trammell and Whitaker autograph bat to my right. It's hard to show you, but then I also got my Alan Trammell autograph baseball here. That's Which awesome. is just below my Trammell autograph jersey. And, you know, one of my dogs, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years, was Tram. And then we got Lulu, Lulu. for Lou Whitaker Good. in the background right now yeah. uh, watching the broadcast. There she is. She needs a little <laughs> Lou Whitaker jersey. Definitely, and that's what I'm wearing right now, my uh, home white uh, Lou Whitaker jersey. So yeah. I'm hoping I'm hoping to get tickets to go to the game on August 6th because I haven't been to Comerica Park since uh, 2018 or 19 because of the pandemic the last couple of years. So I'm, I'm really hoping I can get a ticket and see his number one retired Repicide Trammels uh, number on the wall. Yeah, and I'm glad they're doing it. Uh, when did you say it was? July? August 6th. August, August 6th. 6th. Okay. Yeah, it was delayed like uh, during the pandemic, right? And they're going to do yeah. it. I'm glad they're doing it in the summertime because a lot of these times, I remember like Sparky Anderson was uh, was given a day and a tribute, and there were some problems between him and Mike Illich uh, near, near the end of Sparky's career. He refused to re- uh, manage replacement players, and that caused a bit of a riff, uh, but they still honored Sparky that day. But I remember doing it like they did it like in April – cold Saturday afternoon game type thing. And it's like, man, come on. You know, you know, the crowd, half the crowd's going to be empty at least in April in Detroit. Cause it's too cold. So let's wait till summer to honor these guys when it's a full house. And I was going to say, and some of your viewers are, uh, uh, Miggy one's, uh, Miggy and then Ann's, uh, Hey Lulu, go tag. Yeah, Lulu. Hey, shout out from Ann. That's, that's Lulu's biggest fan. She watches our after nine, uh, video cast, uh, which we do every day on Facebook. And I really appreciate you promoting the, our podcast today too. I do as much as I can, but it also helps as well. So I really appreciate that as well. So, and I love talking about the Tigers. I'm a like I said, lifetime Tigers fan since the late '70s because of my cousins in Taylor, Michigan. And I'm just looking forward to being able to cross the border for the first time in over two years to see some uh, minor league baseball in Buffalo with the Buffalo Bisons, and then go over to Comerica Park and see the Tigers play. It's it's just going to be nice to be outside smell the grass, hot dog, beer, and just being at uh, a Tigers game is going to be great this summer. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you could even – and I've been here before, and I wouldn't mind going. Uh, we've interviewed, uh, you know, Jacob Robson, who is from Windsor, went to Massey High School. He's playing for the Toledo Mudhens. Hit a home run in uh, in their first game and uh, plans to go see him uh, maybe this summer. Um, I kind of hope he's not there, right? Because that means, you know, he might be up with the big club if there's more injuries or if he gets, you know, on a roll a little bit. But if he is still there, uh, I want to go regardless because, you know, you, another 30, 35 minutes down to Toledo, you can watch the uh, Tigers AAA affiliate, the Toledo Mudhens, and see some of the guys that may be here in Detroit this year or in the next few years. Yeah, definitely. And I'm lucky where I live in Guelph. It's about an hour and 45 minutes to uh, the Peace Bridge in Buffalo. Even though I'm not a Blue Jays fan, I can still go see – triple a baseball in downtown buffalo and uh, even if you're not a bisons fan mike that ballpark in downtown buffalo is beautiful it's like sixteen thousand seats nice. and what and what the blue jays did with the renovations when they played in buffalo is outstanding and and the ticket prices you can get a ticket behind home plate for 15 bucks and oh. four or five more beers that's that that's a pretty solid deal minor league baseball is a pretty yes. solid deal and you know uh, if, if you're going to see AAA, you're you're going to see some of the guys that are in the big league clubs uh, in the next few years. So that that is a fun and and you know kind of a cheap outing for people that maybe can't afford to go to the big league stadiums. Yeah, definitely. So and um, like I said, I'm hoping when I do, and I, I befriended their broadcaster Pat Malakot Carroll, and he does a great job with the Bison games too. So uh, he told me when I come down, I'll I'll be able to uh, job shadow him in the press box. Too. Oh, nice. So which is great, and it's like. 
doing this podcast, Mike, it's not just making contacts. I've made a lot of friendships as well. And that's another reason I like this industry or want to get into it is because most of the people have been really uh, supportive of what I'm trying to do and being great about coming onto my uh, show like yourself and Manny and Aaron and stuff. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, you've had a lot of guests and, uh, you know, it's great that people uh, want to come on, you know, uh, and I think that's partly because uh, of the passion, what you're doing, that other broadcasters and people in the business want to want to join you for this. Definitely. Hey, I did have a Leamington boy on my uh, show a couple weeks ago, Darren McCarty. And oh, DMAC. Yes, great guest. I was shocked I got him on, but he came on and talked to me for an hour and He's a he's got a great personality and uh, he really is a, a fan ambassador for the Red Wings and the fans. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, uh, I don't know when exactly you had him on, but I mean, when I think Darren McCarty, I think March 26, Claude Lemieux going turtle against Darren at yeah. Joe Lewis Arena. One of the great like memories. If you're a Red Wing fan that you know, calendar changes, and you know March 26, March 26. That's when Darren McCarty made Claude Lemieux turtle and pay for his hit on Chris Draper in the playoffs the year before. So yeah, good good Leamington guy, and and he's actually been doing a lot of media work and. Uh, and things like that yeah he likes doing his podcast show and he likes being uh around being active with the team and the fans and stuff like that and i don't think he forgot where he came from and i was able to talk to him about his ohl crew with the belleville bulls uh before they moved to well they moved to hamilton recently to become the bulldogs but he talked about his time with belleville too as well so uh yeah darren mccarty one of my favorite players and i just wish i could have saw one of his stanley cup rings Oh, that would have been nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How many yes. how many does he have? Four? Four. He yeah. Has, four. He's one of the the few guys from that era yeah. who was still around and actually brought back for the uh for the the later Stanley Cup one uh, with Babcock yeah. in, in two thousand eight, yeah. I think it was, right? Def- yeah, definitely. So um just got a few more questions. He's still okay for time, Mike? Yeah, I'm good. Yep. Lulu, okay. are you good? Lulu Lulu <laughs> said uh pause up. So uh, okay. we're good. Make sure you give her a treat after, too. Oh, for give her sure. Yeah, she yes. doesn't get enough of those. Yeah, for Definitely. sure. You've already uh, mentioned the 2022 Tigers team. Uh, just quick thoughts on Spencer Torkerson making the team. Were you surprised he made it, or you kind of expected him to make it this year? I think once we saw the the bats that Torkelson and Green were both getting early in spring training, you could tell they were like, okay, let's get these kids some at-bats, see how they do against – some of the starters uh, that they're going to face uh, early on in spring and later on when these starters are going a, a few different innings. So I think, you know, I, I don't think I was surprised at the by, by the end when they said, okay, he's on the team. I think, you know, when you look at it, Miggy is, is not going to give you a lot at first base. Miggy, Miggy is basically a DH at this point. They need some pop at first base. I think it's great because you put Torkelson at first. You put Scope back at second, which is his best position. Instead of putting him at first, you're deeper in the lineup. That that lineup this year looks way better than it did even last year at this time. And, it, you know, we talked about him before. Riley Green, the other prize rookie with Torkelson, it, it's just, oh, my God, it's too bad. He was having a great spring. He's a great fielder as well, five-tool player, and, you know, breaks his foot in, in, a, in a fluke incident. And now he's going to be out a couple months. Uh, hopefully – you know, somehow he heals faster because he was looking good. And, you know, finally, because it's been, it feels like years since the Tigers have produced a position player that is an all-star. And you got a chance with two guys here now coming up at almost the same time. Like we had, you know, Verlander was a, a Detroit draft pick and obviously turned out wonderfully. And I was hoping he'd come back this year, maybe to finish off his career, but decided to stay with Houston. But, you know, it's... um it, 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 they've revamped the front office. I'm hoping we're going to see this more often, a Torkelson, a Green, and other regular, even average Major League Baseball players come up from our own system instead of having to go for trade for guys or sign free agents because, really, I mean, you look at some of the great franchises in baseball uh, that do it right, you know, in particular the Dodgers, uh, and they, 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 they build their teams through, through the draft mostly and then add pieces as needed with free agents and drafts or on trades and things like that. So I'm, I'm hoping the Tigers are going to turn around this farm system because it has been dead and barren for too long. 
And that's a, and when the Tigers got good in the eighties, it was because of older drafting in the seventies, Jack Morris, Lance Parrish, Kirk Gibson, Lou Whitaker, Alan yep. Trammell, and Buck Martinez was mentioned this on a Blue Jays broadcast the other day against Detroit, uh, that he thinks green and Torkelson could be the next, uh, Trammell Whitaker. And, and if so, we're going to be uh, lucky for the next, uh, 10, 15 years. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, they're both young kids that they both got some pop in their bat and, uh, you know, I I think I you know you can see that you, you know you, you look at it. Torkelson was the number one pick overall. Green was uh, a top ten pick, and obviously has all the talent in the world. And you know, I think um, particularly for Torkelson, we're not going to see Green. It looks like until at least the end of May. That Torkelson gets off to a decent start, maybe gets that first home run out of the way to take a little pressure off. So at least, okay, got my first home run, got my first hit, got this or that. So that maybe he can relax a little and and go from – and then just let your talent take over. I mean, the guy was the number one pick overall uh, for a reason. He's obviously uh, can rake. So let him let him do his thing. And, and I don't think he's the best defensively uh, at first base, but as long as you're average and if you're hitting th- 30 bombs and over 100 RBIs uh, every year, we'll take it. Yeah, I was going to say, and what I've got on here on my ticker is their projected lineup. It looks like uh, Miggy's going to be hitting fifth, and Torkelson's going to be hitting eights to start the season. Which yeah, and I that's, think- you know, that, that, that seems to make sense and see what he does down there with not a lot of pressure, uh, you know, put some, uh, you know, less pressure on him hitting eighth instead of putting him, you know, maybe third or fourth or fifth or whatever it is, even sixth in the lineup. And plus, they don't need him up there right now, right? Like, I mean, the lineup, uh, you look at it, is, is, is fairly deep now, especially with the addition of Austin, Austin Meadows. You got Robbie Grossman, and I think the most underrated – transaction came right the first day of the off season when they got uh barnhart from the reds the catcher i think that is such a an underrated and hasn't been talked about a lot tra- uh, trade that uh, avila made that's going to make a world of difference defensively i think their catchers defensively last year struggled a little bit and i think uh, this guy is going to be one of the keys to uh to turning this thing uh up to the next level now well, because the coach, uh, the, sorry, the catcher is like the quarterback in baseball and is huge with a young pitching staff. So, yeah, I think this move is not getting talked enough about, and I think it's going to help the Tigers. And also, I like Baez. I think uh, Correa wanted way too much money. I think Baez is a good player. My only concern about Baez is he strikes out too much. And uh, with this young team, uh, I'd like to see them uh, bunt, move runners, guys over, steal bases. And I think AJ did that last year. So my only concern with Baez is he needs to cut down on his strikeouts. Yeah, and whether he does or not at this point in his career, you know, he's getting in his late 20s. You kind of who, th- this is who you are at this point. They, you know, they kind of dish out the, oh, he's taking a different approach. And he did last year at the end of the season with the Mets and stuff like that. But once the, uh, the bright lights of the regular season uh, begin and the major league pitching uh, gets where uh, gets where it's at. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to cut down on the strikeouts all that much, but you know we'll see. Hopefully, uh, you know maybe some adjustments in the swing, and, and we'll go from there. But I mean, I think we're going to enjoy him. I think he's an exciting player. He's got some pop in his bat. He can play uh, shortstop. He's got some speed. I mean, it's kind of a player that you pay to go see, right? Like he does it does it all. Yeah, I'm hoping he can hit about 270, uh, 20, 25 home runs, and 65 to 70 RBIs and play some good defense. Yeah, well, well defensively, that's a, it's a huge upgrade from what they had uh, last year, kind of a rotating basis of, uh, of guys playing shortstop that uh, you know didn't have the greatest range, and you hope that's going to help the pitching, right? Cut down on some of those ground balls that, uh, that leak through the infield sometimes on that, uh, on that left side, and I think uh, Baez will make a difference there. Okay. Speaking of pitching, that's my next question, Mike. Uh, thoughts quickly on the 2022 Tigers starting rotation with Erod or Rodriguez from Boston, Casey Mice, Scruble, Manning, and Alexander. Do you think uh, right now that's a, a solid starting rotation, or are you, are you still kind of worried about uh, Manning and Alexander in the four and the five spot? Well, I think uh, Manning, uh, you know, I, I don't think he has the star potential that Mize and Scooble do. I think those guys are, 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 you know, the two guys that they're going to rely on heavily this year and into the future. And I think uh, that signing of um, 
of Rodriguez, I, I, I think that was really key. I mean, this guy's a solid major league starter in his prime, and you hope this guy can anchor the staff, take the pressure off the younger guys, and then we'll go from there. And then, you know, you got the other guys that they kind of signed that they're going to be waiting on because they signed late, they had visa issues and all that stuff. And I think, uh, you know, you hope they're going to, uh, to gonna play into this as well when uh, when they get back. And it's an unfortunate loss that we had last year where Spencer uh, Turnbull went down. He's going to be out for the entire year and then hopefully come back next year. You know, Michael Pineda was one of those guys that they signed mm-hmm. here in, in spring training. He, he's going to give you some uh, innings once he gets his arm built up. So it's a fairly deep staff. And, you know, you talked about uh, Tyler Alexander. <laughs> Poor Tyler Alexander. They're always trying to replace him, and then he always finds a role with this team. I think Alexander, not that he's an all-star, not that he's a number one starter, number two, or even number three, but I think he's a solid pitcher, either whether he needs to make a, a few starts or out of the bullpen. I think uh, Alexander is, uh, is, is, is not... You know, uh, may not be a key to this team, but I think he's an important part of the team where he can fill several roles and and do it fairly well. So, you know, we'll see what happens with Tyler Alexander. And um, you just hope you get everybody back healthy. Okay. Uh, My next question. um, Yes or no, Mike, we've already talked about how many wins you think the Tigers are going to win in 2022. But my question is, uh, yes or no, can the 2022 Tigers contend for an AL wildcard spot? Yeah, I think they will. I think they're going to be in the race most of the year. And whether they get in or not, I you know, we'll see. Luck has a lot to do with it. Injuries have a lot to do with it. I think uh, they have the talent and the manager to sneak into the wildcard this year. And, you know, you never know um, what other trades perhaps could could pop up during uh, during the season. How does Riley Green come back and contribute? So, yeah, I think I think they're going to be in contention whether they uh, they make it or not. I mean, I don't know. I think it's silly. All the predictions that you see all the time that people, you know, this is going to be my World Series winner. It's so hard to tell the baseball season's so long. There's so many things that can happen. We're going to have to wait and see. I think the team to watch, though. Uh, is the Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays yeah. are stacked. They are ready to go. Uh, I think, you know, more than likely, I think they're going to win the division, and then we'll see what their chances are in the playoffs. Yeah, um, last night when I was speaking to Manny, I said I said the Jays should win at least 92 games with their talent, based on their talent, and if they stay healthy, I feel they should win at least 92 games. Some people are talking about them breaking the 85 Jays record of 99 wins, but it's such a long season. I, I'm figuring 92 to maybe 95 wins for this Blue Jays team. Yeah, and they're, you got to keep in mind they're in a tough division, right? Like, to, yep. to go 99 games, I mean, that's uh, – that's pretty tough when you got the Rays and the Yankees and the Red Sox uh, basically in your division, but then you got the Orioles where you're gonna you're, you're gonna mop up on them a little bit. Definitely, and uh, just a couple of quick questions, uh, uh, Mike, to wrap the show up. Uh, thoughts on General Manager Al Avila, and is this franchise, in your opinion, finally hitting in the right direction with their young talent and the offseason moves and trades they've made? Yeah, I think they are. I think they're uh, they're finally going in the right direction, and they really revamped the front office in the last couple of years. And I think AJ Hinch is calling a lot of the shots. And uh, you know how much Avila is in charge of this thing, and how much he is maybe just a figurehead who you know signs the papers in the dotted line. I think AJ Hinch has not only been a big influence on the field, but I think he's been an influence on the the front office uh, in a way where he might suggest. Let's go get this guy or that guy or this is what we need. And managers always do that. But I think A.J., given his track record and his intelligence for the game, uh, I think he has more of an influence on the front office and where they're going than other managers do. And I think you're you're eventually going to see Avila, I think, uh, kind of step aside and let one of the other younger guys in that they've revamped the, uh, the front office. And, you know, props to um, – Chris Illich as well, who is uh, the owner of the team, the Illich family, and Chris Illich is kind of the guy uh, uh, in the spotlight, and he's been coming under a lot of scrutiny over the last few years because his dad spent like a drunken sailor on guys. I don't Mm -hmm. care. Give him a check. Bring him in. Prince Fielder and whoever else. You yep. know, and you can't uh, you can't do that for for this much longer. And there was a mess to clean up, and and I can see why he did it. I mean, he was getting older. He wanted a World Series. They were close. So props to Mike Illich, and props to Chris Illich. He's been ripped on for being cheap and not bringing in major league talent, but he has spent a lot of money in the 
minor league system, bringing in Dune technology that's in baseball, and he brought in A.J. Hinch, which wasn't cheap as far as managers no. are concerned. And now in this offseason, I think the Tigers were the, uh, the team that spent the fifth most money on free agents. And, uh, you know, I think they're headed in the right direction now. So we'll see what happens to the front office. I would think, I don't know, just my guess, I don't know anything, that Avila is going to step aside in the next year or two and you're going to have somebody a little bit younger and a little more uh, analytics-based lead the franchise after that. But I totally agree with you. I think A.J. Hinch has a little more say than a normal manager, and I really like the move of hiring him. I know everyone in Toronto still hates Hinch, but I keep telling them, Okay, he made a mistake in Houston, but this guy is a very smart baseball guy. He was a catcher, too, and he's no-nonsense. And what I like about him is his fundamentals. Uh, the Tigers last year seemed to steal some bases. They bunted, moved guys over. Old-school baseball, and I yeah. like that. Yeah, pitching, defense, and yeah. uh, you know, you saw that even with some of his lineups where they put in a guy like Derek Hill in the outfield quite a bit, and he was you know, not, not the best with his bat. He'll get you a hit once in a while, but... But, you know, not much to his uh, power game, but he, you know, you could tell AJ liked him in center field. He's, he's, he runs. He, you know, you're not going to find a better center fielder than Derek Hill. The problem is he can't hit. You know, but you know, AJ wanted him out there because center field in Comerica Park is huge. It's massive, so there's a lot of ground to cover. And Derek Hill, you know, what he what he lacked for in you know doubles and and hits probably saved quite a bit. Right and and AJ looks at it like okay you got to you got to play defense too and that's how they won games last year. Definitely and uh, just two quick questions to wrap it up, uh, Mike. Uh, where do you feel the Tigers still need to address to contend with the White Sox uh, for the Central Division title going forward? Maybe not in twenty two, but obviously in twenty twenty three and beyond. Well, I think uh, some of the pieces are there where Torkelson and Green have to develop uh, like like we think they're going to develop. I think that's going to be really key that these guys got to hit. They got to hit on these guys. These guys got to be like the middle of the lineup order guys going forward for the next, you know, five, six years or whatever, like your three, four hitters. And, you know, I hate to say it, Miggy, we all love him. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, but, you know, if somehow he can- <laughs> they could get rid of him. I mean, because, you know, he's serviceable at this point, but he's not going to give you much, right? And and But what do you do? The guy's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. You can't just bench him. You got to play him as much as you can. I think getting rid of Miggy and his contract is going to be a big thing. And then you got you to gotta think uh, that we go back to the pitching staff, and it usually goes back to pitching when you're going to contend for a division and a playoff spot. Those guys, Mize and Scooble in particular, they got to develop and, you know, Manning to a certain extent. And uh, I think, you know, some of the pieces are there, and then you sprinkle around that you keep uh, – you keep something around those guys. Those guys are your core. They're young. They're cheap right now. You develop around them. You keep A.J. Hinch. A.J., I believe, has an out on his contract after this year that says, okay, I can get out of here. If I don't like the, the, the what we're doing here, if I don't like the talent, if I don't like the direction of the team, I can scoot. So hopefully – you know, what they've done so far this offseason is going to keep him around because uh, I think he is one of the uh, the big keys. So basically keeping your manager and hoping these young guys develop like we're being told they're going to develop. I think that is really the key. And then you, you know, fill some talent around them. I was going to say, and with Miggy, I believe he's got two years left on his contract. So, oh. um, so yeah, I'm just hoping he can stay healthy and contribute. And then maybe, maybe at the end of this year, uh, they can just give him a bio package for 2023. But I guess we'll just see how he does this year. But it wouldn't be good publicity for the Tigers to let him go now no. when he's so close to uh, 3,000 hits. Well, absolutely. Uh, people want to see it. They want to cheer on Miggy, and uh, you know he'll 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 provide a few home runs for you. He did last year, right? And uh, you know you know he's going to get hurt at least once one one stint on the DL, and uh, you know and you know what they always say: provide that leadership in the clubhouse, which I think is very overrated when it comes to when they talk about veterans who don't contribute as much well he can you know provide uh, be a mentor for Torkelson and provide some leadership in the clubhouse I think talent is is what wins out you know you you can't coach talent and, and a lot of these guys have some natural talent so hopefully it blossoms this year 
And I'd like in the next few years to see statues of Trammell and Whitaker, um, Miguel Cabrera, obviously, and Justin Verlander. As, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. You wonder how Verlander is going to go. I mean, Sparky Anderson, I think he surprised a lot of people, uh, you know, at the end uh, of his uh, career when he had problems with uh, Mike Illich. And uh, you always thought he would go into the Hall of Fame as a Tiger. And he went in as a Cincinnati Red where he was very successful and was part of that big red machine, but decided to go in with a Reds cap. Um, you know, what's Verlander going to do? You know, will uh, you know? Will he, you know, go in with a tiger cap? Will they give him an Astros cap? Uh, he won a World Series there. I still think he's a tiger, though. You know, yeah, drafted definitely. by the team, had great success, most of his wins, and still maybe you know he's got a few years left. Maybe we will see him back here. We see that a lot with athletes, right? Where they go back to where they began to finish off their career. Definitely. And my last question I wanted to ask you, Mike, I apologize. I've probably kept you longer than I was supposed to, but I love talking uh, Detroit sports with you and especially the Tigers. So my last question I wanted to ask you, who are the top three AL teams in your opinion? I, mean, I know you've mentioned the Blue Jays and who do you possibly see in the 2022 World Series and where can my audience find you again on social media? Okay, well, let's start with that. Uh, if you want to uh, just Google search uh, on any of the social media, uh, Radio Mike 519, and you can also find um, the show, Mike Lisa 800, and uh, follow us wherever you are uh, looking on Instagram or Twitter, or Facebook, wherever it is. I think most of our listeners seem to be. Uh, you know, follow us on, on Facebook for the most part. Twitter's my favorite. I'm, pr I'm most active there. Um, top teams in baseball. Um, you know, I'm going to say, is that what you wanted? Top top teams in baseball this year? Either in baseball or in the American League. I, I uh, American sure. League, well, you got to go with the Blue Jays. Um, I'm going to go with the Rays. They seem like they're there every year. An amazing organization, how they don't spend a ton of money, but just develop these certain type of players and somehow – they're in contention uh, every year, and uh, I, I think uh, I think like uh, you, you're talking to either White Sox or Astros. There's four for you. So Blue Jays, <laughs> White Sox, Astros, and Rays, I think, will be the top four in the American League. When you're talking World Series, I think the Jays got a chance. I think they got the pitching, they got the defense, they got some hitting. And as always out of the National League, you got to watch the Dodgers. I mean, what they've done in the offseason, uh, adding even more talent to what they've had already. You know, they're just so dominant with their pitching, and they got the hitting, and I think you're going to see the Dodgers uh, come out of the – National League again this year, and watch out for the Giants. I think the Giants will uh, will be there too. Yeah, uh, Davy Roberts, uh, manager of the Dodgers, has put him on the spot by yeah. saying, "I guarantee you to win." It's like he he's putting a lot of pressure on himself now because if this team doesn't win the World Series, they're going to like one World Series the last five six years with all the talent they had. So he's he he's I think he's under the radar if this team does not win the World Series this year. Yeah, yeah, could be. I mean, he's put it out there, right? So we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, I'm so glad baseball's back. You know, I think this is the best time of year for a sports fan. You're just coming off like there's a lull in February after football season's done, until you get to March Madness, and then you go through that. And then you got the Masters. I've been watching that all afternoon, and especially with Tiger Woods playing, and then now baseball starting up uh, today, and uh, you know tomorrow for the Jays and Tigers. This is this is like a, this is fantastic. This is this is an outstanding time of year. No no complaints with uh, me either. And I have got the OHL right now, the NBL of Canada, and also the National Lacrosse League, which I'm now hooked on. I think it's a great sport, and I hope you check it out sometime. And also my World Series prediction. Uh, I've got the Dodgers in the National League, like you said, Mike. I agree with you there. The American League, I think it's either going to be the White Sox or the Blue Jays. White Sox or Blue Jays. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sure Jays fans are like, yes, Chris, I hope you're right. We need the Blue Jays to do well. And, I, yeah, I think that's like – guaranteed this year that you're going to see the Jays uh, in contention and maybe win that division. And watch out for our Spitfires down in Windsor. They are on a roll lately, and they play tonight, if you're watching this live, Thursday night, uh, tonight against the Guelph Storm. Coming to the WFCU Center, and that's a uh, 7.30 game, 7.15 broadcast time with Manny Pavis, Steve Bell on AM 800. Yes, and I'll be seeing Steve Friday night when I do uh, camera work for Rogers TV. Such a nice guy. Great and dude, yeah. I Best hair it. in the business, too. How about that hair? Oh, definitely. Reminds me of Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so, But I was going to say, uh, 
if the Spitfires are not playing the Storm, I will definitely cheer for them. They got a great team, the big three, and uh, I was lucky to have Mandy and Steve both come on my shelves. And I'm hoping tonight the Storm can be competitive and maybe even still a point or two in Windsor. Okay, well, we'll find out tonight with uh, with the game uh, at 7.30 uh, here in Windsor. So, yeah. And All right, well, th thanks for the invite. Always enjoy talking sports. I don't get to talk a lot of sports on uh, on AM 800 on our show with Lisa. So, we, we you know, we, we put in a little bit uh, here and there, but, you know, breaking it down from the inside here with Chris on his podcast, we don't get to do that. Well, I'd love to have you come back on again in the future for a third time and talk some more sports in the future as well. Go for the hat trick. And hopefully you might be able to watch some of the game Friday night from the Sleeman Center in uh, our Rogers TV crew in that. And I'll be uh, I'll be one of the uh, handheld camera guys. So I love doing that camera work and being at the rink and being around these players. Good stuff. Well, uh, keep up the good work, Chris. Uh, always enjoy the podcast. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be on soon again. Definitely. Have a great night, Mike. And uh, let's go, Tigers, and get that first win tomorrow at 105 on uh, Fox Sports Detroit. And 97 won the ticket with Dan Dickerson, who I'm working to get on my podcast. Oh, come well. on, Dan. Come on the podcast. You're talking about a great radio broadcaster and, and like the perfect guy to kind of follow up Ernie Harwell. Dan is, is one of the best. Definitely. So, Mike, uh, go get some rest tonight. And, uh, Goal storm, and we'll see what happens with them in the Spitfires, and we'll definitely keep in touch with you on social media, and I will download the audio uh, version of my podcast as well on Twitter for you as well. All right. Sounds good. Have a great weekend, Chris. You too. Thanks, Mike. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed my podcast today with Mike uh, K-Cut from CKLW800 in Windsor. He's also the co-host of the Morning Drive with uh, Lisa Williams, uh, Monday to Friday from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. Or, sorry, 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. Uh, but uh, anyways, I'm looking forward to uh, the Storm and Spitfires tonight at 7.30 at the WFC Center. And, and then uh, Friday night, the Spitfires come back to golf as well. Uh, guys, just to let you know, my next live with CDP podcast is going to be Saturday, April 9th at 10 a.m. My guest is Freddie Zamora. He's the head coach of the Toledo Glass City, B.C., in the Basketball League of the out of the USA. Uh, they've already played the Subway 5, and they're going to be playing the Windsor Express soon. So uh, Freddie's going to come on and talk some Toledo Glass City basketball and talk a little bit about the uh, Basketball League, which is in a partnership this year with the uh, NBL of Canada as well. So I hope you guys can tune in to Season 3 episode 26 of live with CDP podcast this Saturday morning at 10 a.m. with Freddie Zamora, the head coach of the Toledo glass city. I'm looking forward to that as well. And also guys, before I wrap this up, uh, just one second. I got so many, uh, so many stuff on my graphics, my uh, live with CDP podcast, the audio version will be downloaded to Google podcasts, anchor FM, Apple podcasts, breaker, pocket Casts, radio, public, Spotify, cast box and linkedin as well and i want to say thank you to everybody watching this live on my youtube channel uh if you haven't please subscribe hit the subscribe notification on my youtube channel and check out my latest interviews there with pat gregor and pro wrestler uh, tyler thomas as well and i was nice enough to have him come on uh to do interviews with me and also i just want to say thank you to everybody watching this on facebook live and on my twitter page at chris D. Pame. If you haven't followed me there, uh, feel free to follow me at Chris D. Pame as well. And also, guys, uh, you can follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP. I uh, do a lot of videos and promotions uh, for my uh, podcast on TikTok as well. So uh, I think I'm going to wrap up my show today. But uh, again, I'm looking forward to the Detroit Tigers 2022 season. Uh, they start the season at home at Comerica Park uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, 0105 games on Fox Sports Detroit and 97 won the ticket. And they're taking on the Chicago White Sox. Eduardo Rodriguez, Erod, is going to be starting for the Tigers tomorrow at 105 at Comerica Park. And I'm looking forward to uh, the 2022 Detroit Tigers season. And I, I, th I feel the Tigers could contend for a wild card spot and possibly win 85 games as well. And also, guys, like I said, uh, again, my next podcast Saturday morning, 10 a.m., Freddie Zomera. Uh, Zamora, sorry, the head coach of the Toledo Glass City of the Basketball League as well. And uh, just comments again, uh, Christian, thank you so much for watching. 
Steve Bell's a good guy. Uh, Windsor's been really lucky with their great broadcasters. So, uh, Christian, thank you for watching. Uh, Jacqueline, Cindy, uh, thank you. Miggy's one of my favorite players. And also, let's see, and thank you as well. So, you guys, everybody watching this uh, live, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Go Taggers. Go Golf Storm. And hopefully the Storm, like I said, can get one or two points against the uh, Spitfires these next two games, which is going to be very tough. I do think Windsor is one of the best teams in the OHL. And I, I right now I would predict uh, the Windsor Spitfires and the Hamilton Bulldogs to meet in the OHL championship. So we'll see about that as well. And uh, I think that's about it. Uh, like I said, again, I want to say thank you so much to uh, Mike uh, Kcut for coming on today. I enjoy talking to him about the Detroit Tigers, uh, a little bit about the uh, Lions and, and Tigers and, and stuff like that. He's a great guy. Check him out on his social media page as well. So uh, I think that's going to, I'm going to call this it, but uh, again, thank you to Mike for coming on and everybody for watching this live and later on listening to my podcast on audio. So um, I hope everybody has a great night and I'm looking forward to the Spitfire Storm game tonight in Windsor at 7:30. So I hope everybody has a great night and we'll see you guys Saturday, April 9th at 10 AM for another live edition of live with CDP podcast season three, episode 26. Have a great day, guys. Talk to you soon.